0: I have found the BBC podcast featuring your incredibly handsome host, Jesse Barney. And now, without further ado, here we go.
1: hoping that the first five minutes or two minutes of this
0: is just like cut. So you know that I'm going to cut out that statement. I'm going to cut out you saying, I really hope that the first five minutes is is cut. And that's all that people are going to hear from the beginning. And then that's it. (laughs) So, Roberta, welcome to the BDC podcast. Uh, Roberta Hall, illustrator, designer. You go by happy impulse on Instagram and the first thing I want to know that I don't think we talked about in our introductory conversation is why did you pick happy impulse as your art name
1: so it's kind of an interesting twist so happy impulse is essentially it's a happy brand for the most part like the colors are very bright but if you look at the messaging it's a bit dark And I really needed a name to reflect that.
0: So impulse is reflecting the madness, impulsiveness.
1: Right, and it's that impulse, this is gonna sound dark, but it's that impulse where people have those really dark moments where they're like, oh, right now I just wanna jump off a bridge or I wanna do something really dark, like I wanna just hurt myself or do something very painful. And it's because if you've been to any kind of therapy, you're always told, wait it out. Wait out the impulse. Mm, and so my brain yes. is like a uh, flip on that. Like, wait out the darkness, wait for the happiness. But also be aware that there's still darkness underlying.
0: So it's almost like saying the darkest time is just before the dawn or something like that. Exactly. That's awesome, so and and you picked that name up, if I remember correctly again, four years ago you started it? Yes. And you've been keeping your art and your design world very separate, as you said.
1: Which is kind of interesting, and it's kind of like when I'm going back to a day job that you heard me talk about earlier, it's happy Impulse isn't on my resume. It doesn't show up anywhere. I don't even say that I can illustrate. It's completely separate. At some point, maybe the company will know that I can illustrate and I do all these things, but for the most part, it's a separate world. And I like to keep it separate because it's a way that I can protect this passion that I have.
0: So is the inverse also true, where you don't want people who are looking at your illustration and your art to see your design world and work?
1: It is. It is an. It is an inverse. You're absolutely correct.
0: So you don't. So you don't want to share today any of your actual work. You want to talk about Happy Impulse exclusively.
1: Well, Happy Impulse, I feel, is kind of like my alter ego. So my day job is Bruce Wayne, trying yes. to have all the financials in order, still trying to do my job, still enjoying my job. But my real passion is, of course, my Batman, which is Happy Impulse.
0: Who was Nicole Kidman And I think it was Nicole Kidman. No, 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 no. What the first Batman with Michael Keaton and that tall, blonde girl that plays the... the, the one that, like, discovers that he's Batman.
1: What's so horrifying is I should... I should know this, but I don't think I do Oh, it's
0: on the tip of my tongue It's, uh, Basinger, Kim, am I right? I think I'm right Here We're just gonna say that you're right No, because I have the internet right in front of me I can just, like, look at it and say Batman, first movie cast And Kim Basinger, Vicki Vale, yeah I got it okay so do you get bonus points for that you get bonus points <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know the name I, I, I give them away I just yes. give my bonus points away that's what I do So so you're Michael Keaton you you have your your Batman and Bruce Wayne and for the purposes of this show you are showing up as Batman at happy Impulse okay tell us about the beginning of this as much as you want to dive into it. What, what started the impetus behind the art, behind this messaging, behind where you're going with it?
1: I really disliked my day job at the time. <laughs> and because I grew up in this mindset that art is very passionate, and design and art are not the same thing, but they do have a lot of similarities, a lot of overlap. So I still had that same artistic passion during my day job and when a client hated something or rejected something I felt personally attacked <laughs> which again I was in my early 20s at the time or mid 20s so I wasn't taught to like cope with that and to cope with hey it's not attack against you design and art it's on the eyes of the beholder sometimes they're not going to like something So instead of being upset and angry all the time, I decided to illustrate for me, illustrate things that I wanted to say that I wasn't allowed to say.
0: So for the non-graphic designers and and the non-designers in general, not everybody has this experience of clients like sort of like over your shoulder, like telling you what's good and what's not, but you know more than they do. I think house builders kind of have this experience when they're building a house for someone who's like not a builder, but they, they have their fingers in what sink they want and what countertops they want and they, they don't know what like underlying things that matter and it, I get the impression that your your work your day job is like you're working for a corporate design where you're like just busting out stuff that's soul draining.
1: Yeah, but... Does
0: it feel that way?
1: It depends on the day. A lot of clients are really great, but then you also have a lot of clients that aren't the best. But then you, then as designers, sometimes we're not the best either for certain clients. So it really depends on the day. <laughs> but mostly it's... What'll happen is that... When you're working for a corporation or you're working for someone else you discover a moment where you're not creating for yourself anymore because the goal is you're creating for this company now if you want to have something for yourself want to have something that you can keep with you and protect then you start really saying wait a second I need something that's just for me I apologize A phone went off in the background what was it? It was not my phone, so maybe...
0: Oh, I like that. I like activity. It's like life's happening, you know? It makes everything real. I like things that are real. I don't like feeling like everything's like plastic surgery and fucking McDonald's all the time, you know?
1: See, and that's some of the things that I like to say with my illustrations. I like things that while... Even when I was working in advertising, while everything is saying that it's 100% authentic... Those images are stock photos. Like, these these things aren't real.
0: Yeah, none of it's real. Which leads you to this need to express this art.
1: Right, because it's, it's like this itching sensation that you get. That if you don't scratch it, it's still going to bother you.
0: Yes, and your itch is to say something.
1: Right, because we live in a world where... Half of us are told not to say anything at all, and then the other half are taught to be very, very loud. And I think it's kind of beautiful that I'm creating illustrations that can be seen as loud, but they're also silent at the same time. I'm not begging for your attention through my illustrations, but they are attention grabbing. And it's a moment of, if you're willing to listen, they do have something to say, but if you just want to enjoy the bright colors, enjoy the surface meaning, that's perfectly fine, too. It's like my art has that those hidden messages, and it's like when you're eating Cracker Jacks when you're a kid, you enjoy the Cracker Jacks, but if you get the little prize, I mean, that's just that's just bonus points on life.
0: Yes, and so you're, you're making these illustrations that are um, immediately, at first glance, very pop art, very accessible, something that almost anyone would be like, that looks cool on the wall. And then you start looking at it and you're like, whoa, wait, what is this really saying here? Like, this is intense.
1: Right. Like it's interesting where if you put it up on the wall and you'll see one message, you're like, oh, that's cool. Maybe someone else will see something completely different maybe they'll feel something different, which it's always hard when people tell me I need to talk about why I created the work that I create, because sometimes it's, I created it for people to have different reactions to it. Because me, in my narrow worldview, I wish it was larger, I'm going to say, this is why I created it, but I don't want to put pressure on the viewer to say, oh, I like it because this is
0: why you created it. I've heard that before. I've heard many people say that, and I have especially heard artists say that, specifically musicians, concerning lyrics. That fans always want to know what the lyrics mean and what the story is behind the lyrics, and often the artist is like, if I told you, then you would be bored. It's more fun to let you make your own idea of what you think is going on. Your imagination is more fun than the real story.
1: Right, because with music, Music can play during all these moments that are happening in your life. And the song might not have any relevance to that particular moment, but because you heard it during that time in your life, it's always going to take you back to maybe your first day of school when it they were having a snow day. Or it's going to take you back to riding in the car with some of your best friends in high school. Like, it's going to take you back to these moments. And the songs could be weirdly ironic, almost. They could be completely different than what the musician intended.
0: Right. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. I remember our conversation very clearly. We spoke for three and a half hours last week. It was one of the best conversations I've had in a long time, and I really appreciate that from you. You're clearly a deep, awesome human being and have a lot to share. However, we don't have time for you to share everything that you shared with me in that very long conversation. And if people are interested, I'm, there's ways to track you down, right? There are ways to track me down. Right. Do it in
1: a nice way. Don't be, don't stalk me, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, not, not stalker ways, like classic normal ways of just reaching out and saying Hi. But we sort of ended on this thing where I was telling you that the, the spirit of this podcast and what's behind it and the why of this is that I'm interested in talking about how what we design designs us in return and how, and how what we make makes us we left off on this topic in our last conversation, and you said some really brilliant things right out of the gate, which was like, uh, you actually challenged me to have hope that what we're designing is better than I think it is, because I'm actually worried and scared about what's coming down the pipeline. But you had some great things to say. So what do you think about like the world that we're designing and how it's going to come back and where we're going?
1: So here's the thing with anything, if we don't have hope, if we're not trying to have something better in our lives, if we're all going to have this nihilistic worldview of we're all meaningless and everything is meaningless type understanding, essentially we're going to be depressed about everything, which, yeah, with all the shit going on, it's completely understandable and we all have mental health issues, but it's about finding the joy in things. And relating to design, the reason why I have hope is because previously with a lot of creators, they didn't have agency, or at least the same agency that a lot of these big corporations have. And what I mean is, now Adobe Creative Cloud is so accessible, now 3D printing, CNC machines, all these things that people couldn't previously obtain they can now get their hands on. They can now learn these new languages and create things far better than probably a lot of corporations. While we should be afraid for the future, we do have a lot of designers out there and a lot of creatives out there who are finally getting their hands on new technology that's going to make us almost in a race for innovation where the little guys are going to be competing with the bigger guys in a way that we're all waking up to the realization that Amazon shouldn't have made as much money during this pandemic as it did, but it was our best option. So people are going to be waking up to, wait a second, There's other people out there if I search on Google, but Google takes my data and messes with my privacy. So maybe there's an alternative out there and people are creating these alternative web browsers, alternative platforms are coming up. For example, I think there's like several browsers out there that are specifically for the user who wants to protect their data.
0: My son just turned me on to one called Brave. Brave.
1: And that's where you have to have hope. You have to have hope with the little guy. And if you think about it, if none of us have hope, if we all accept our fate, then what good is that going to do anyway? Like even with my illustrations, the reason why I have these illustrations, it's the whole point is to start a conversation. And if we start a conversation about things that are uncomfortable, that make us uneasy, then we're more likely to find solutions to make our lives better. But by all of us knowing that there's a problem and not talking about it, the problem still sits there and it festers.
0: You said this other thing in that conversation uh, connected to that, that by the fact that we all have access to all this technology, it's allowing us into the process which means now we're educated as to how a product is made and what the processes are, what it takes to get a textile from point A to point B and then have that textile cut and sewn and then have that cut and sewn garment then have something printed on it and all of the processes that it takes to get a shirt from raw plant, cotton or hemp or whatever it is to finished product. We now can see all of that more clearly it makes us realize that change is possible and that these corporations are holding back, which gives us a sense of like, we need to hold these people responsible.
1: Right, if you think about way back when, when we had pioneers and when we settled on the land, during that time when we were settling, we were creating the clothing for ourselves. So we knew how everything got made essentially. But then as industry happened, we were working on other things and that knowledge was kind of taken away from us. And now with the internet, we've been given that information again and the process has changed. We look in the timeline of how things are created, how, for example, a shirt is made and we see, wait a second, these people here at the very beginning, they're not paid as much as they should be paid. And these people here, they're using these chemicals that yes, they're cheaper, but they're actually poisonous if they are burnt in this way. And then why are we doing this to to our environment, which is our home? Like, how can we do this? And the more that we research and understand these things, even becoming the makers who are doing these things, we have the choice to say, no, I don't want to participate in fast fashion. I want to participate by doing something that's eco-friendly that I know from point A to point B, all of these things that has gone through and I haven't taken the shortcuts. I know how to do the shortcuts because I've researched it, but we deserve better. The consumer deserves better. The people on the line deserve better. Things are going to get more expensive, but if everyone's equally, they're paid more for their time and their skills and ability, it'll all even out in the wash. Right now, it's just the end corporation has decided, they don't want to pay more at the beginning and they're willing to take more profit. And yes, it's great to have profit as a company, but if you're shortchanging the people who are helping create that profit, what does that say about you as an individual?
0: 100%. It doesn't say good things.
1: It says that you value money over people. And we live in this time where everyone's saying that they're authentic, that it's People over profit, but at the end of the day, if you look at the things that you're buying for your company, is it really saying that you're people over profit, or are you really saying, depending on the day of the week, I'm people over profit?
0: Or depending on who I'm talking to.
1: Right. Like, if I'm talking to the consumers, I'm people over profit. But if I'm talking to my employees, no, I'm going to make them work longer hours than they should.
0: Yeah, then when you're talking to the shareholders, you're profit over people all day. Exactly. On that note, what do you see us doing? I mean, we have we have access to these tools and and we brought this up because this conversation, we're both designers. I have this challenge because as a designer, I want to put my fun stuff on cool things that people wear. That's just fun. Ethically, I come up against a challenge. I'm trying to like start a drop shipping store right now. And I can't find, like, a company that does, like, just hemp T-shirts. Or I did find a couple that do, like, almost 100% recycled products. and Or, you know, 100% organic cotton products. And even then, I'm like, well, yeah, it's 100% organic. But did you, like, I, I still don't know anything about where this was really coming from. Who sowed it. What, where the, you know, how it was harvested. Like, I just... There's none of that information, and, and I'm the consumer that wants that. So how do you think we make more change? Because, dude, I'm trying to print shit now, and I can't.
1: Here's the, here's the issue. Because we know too much. <laughs> because we know too much, and we do want that information, you're going to have the hard time actually getting it done. But once you get it done, you're going to be setting other people up for success who want to follow in the same footsteps that you're doing.
0: That's exactly what I want to do. And at every turn, everyone discourages me and says, it's not possible. The the reason it hasn't been done is because you can't do it.
1: No. And I strongly disagree with the reason why it hasn't been done is because it can't be done. Because if we're living in the world where we've created all these machines now, people previously, previously said, oh, 3D printers, that's a nice toy. But now they're making... 3D printed hearts, they're making 3D printed things for medical devices. I mean, just because it hasn't been done just means that we haven't found a way to do it properly yet. And we can. We can shift the conversation and we can do it. It's just you're going to have to be stubborn about it and you cannot give up halfway.
0: And that's the part I have trouble with is because, you know, you can only do so much in life and I already do so much. And I feel like Am I really the only person that's this passionate about this? Like, why is there no other group of designers? Where is the group of designers that is, like, ready to torch some people to make this happen?
1: See, that's what's interesting. You can probably find a group of these people out there who want the exact same things that you want to do, who want to create these works on hemp shirts. Okay, for example, there's a sticker company out there, and it's a bit expensive, but eco-friendly. They make wooden stickers. And it's good for the environment. It's more expensive and but you come away knowing that it wasn't made using vinyl. I, and I do love that. You're willing to invest in this and it's something that hadn't been done before, but people do it. So don't give up hope. There are, we want the environment to survive. We want our children and our children's children to sell have a home because the way that the world's going right now, it's not possible unless we make strong changes to protect it. And the interesting thing with corporations anyway, and I think that you and I were talking about this last week, is that with recycling, we need to hold the big corporations accountable. So previously... With Coca-Cola, for example Hopefully we don't get in trouble for mentioning this A while ago They used to recycle
0: the glass oh, was bottles Oh, that an a hint at some of the work that you do? What are you talking about?
1: No, like with um, Coca-Cola with, They used to have glass bottles instead of plastic And they would get The recycled glass bottles At different grocery stores They'd
0: be recycled back Yeah, I remember back. that I remember the crates I remember being a kid And I remember like actually being in love with that Like, it was just, there was something attractive, to about it. Like, I I thought that was cool, the crates of Coke bottles stacked and bringing them back. It was cool.
1: Right, and then... Now, because it's cheaper, it's in plastic. And so what's interesting is that previously the corporation was doing this really good thing by having glass bottles and recycling, but it was too expensive for them. So then what they did is they pushed it on the user that, you know, it's your fault that the planet is going the way it is. You should be recycling. But we don't know about recycling and we're not doing a good job either. But it's not... on Like the individual, an individual could be amazing at recycling, amazing at doing all of these things for the environment, but it's a small dent, but at least it's dent. This corporation was doing good, but it got, they just wanted more money. And there could be other underlying things I'm just not aware of. But when we look back, we're like, wait a second, why aren't we still using glass? Like, Why aren't we still holding you accountable? Like you used to recycle, you used to do a lot better. And then what happened?
0: I feel like this is tied into... Have you ever read the book Everything You Know Is Wrong? Or seen that book?
1: No, but I love the title.
0: It is. It's a, it's a great title. It's a great book. And it has a, a an amazing icon for the logo, as most people would call it. It's a little devil head. That's just a flat red graphic. And it's beautiful. Inside that book... Well, first of all, the book is comprised of... A whole bunch of different Journalistic essays Like deep researched journalism On topics that Most people think they know What's going on And the journalist Is basically tearing everything You know down I would love this book You would love this book And in fact I recommend it You should get it It's something you would enjoy reading And uh, learning a lot about It has topics from Sex Teens and sex, drug use, war, economics, business, all kinds of things and policies that we think are true that turn out to be different.
1: Oh, I know some like stupid, nerdy stuff. Like, okay, something that's so bad that people don't realize is that the police don't have to actually come when you call 911.
0: Yeah, they're not, they don't have to. It's not, they're not
1: legally required to come.
0: Right. If they didn't come, you couldn't sue them.
1: It's all of these things that. We assume because we believe that it's the good faith mentality. We believe that people are automatically going to be doing good or doing bad or such and such. We believe we know, probably because we've been told by our teachers or our parents and we trust that those are valid resources. Yes. And we haven't taken the time to dive deeper, to research that, wait a second, is my thinking correct on this topic? But what also happens, and it happens to all of us, it happens to me, is that getting all this new information and learning that the world is crap, it breaks your heart in a way that you don't trust people. And you don't trust things that are actually good. Like there's a lot of charities out there that are so wonderful, but then there's a lot of charities that are so horrific that we think are wonderful. And then when that curtain is pulled back, we're like, wait a second why do people give money to this? Like, why haven't we spoken about this? And it's because those advertising teams for those big charities are like, wait a second, if this gets out, people aren't going to give us their money. So they hide the facts. And then we feel like we're being constantly gaslit by all of this new information. And then we also have now a lot of fake news about things where previously there's always been fake news. It's why we love Wikipedia, but we don't always cite it when we had to do an academic paper. Like, we were taught fake news years and years ago, but we weren't actively told, wait a second, you're going to be dealing with this your whole life. Everything you've been taught could be alive, but there is hope and knowledge, even if it seems like it's soul-sucking.
0: And so bringing this full circle, this is what your art is about. This is the conversation you're trying to open on many fronts. You're talking about human subjects, sex, love, addiction, pain, control, propaganda.
1: And the reason why I'm talking about those things is because all of those things are what we encounter every day.
0: But don't talk about.
1: We don't talk about it because, unfortunately, a lot of us are on autopilot. And it's not a bad thing, that's how our brain has been taught to survive. Because we've been taught, you don't think about every decision you make. For example, when you're going to go get a soda or hopefully a water, I'm bad, I get soda, it's bad for me. But if you go get a water from your fridge, you don't think, oh, must lift left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, move 45 degrees to avoid counter on left. We don't think about all of these things which is so great for our brains. <laughs> but we also become on autopilot with decisions to look at our phones a lot more than we probably should or just accept things at face value because it's too much. So Right, it's too
0: much work to dive deeper.
1: Right. And so maybe my art is just a crying to the abyss sometimes. But if it gets you to think that on your daily scrolling ritual on Instagram, did you know that my soda that I'm drinking, it's pretty much giving me diabetes. However, the thing that I didn't put into that Instagram post was that surprisingly, your juice has, your juice that you get from the market has way more sugar for the most part than your soda, which is horrifying.
0: Yes. And people don't know or think about that.
1: Right. And so you go visit your parents or your friends and they're like, oh, well, we have juice and it's we give it to our children, it's so much better for you than soda. And you're like, "Mm, I don't want (laughs) to tell you what to do, but...
0: uh." Like, actually, that's just as much sugar and the citric acid in that orange juice is going to eat the shit out of your teeth. But hey, go ahead for it.
1: Right. Like, people who believe that whole milk is actually good for you or don't understand some of the things that are on the labels, it's kind of surprising that... They don't just throw a fit about everything. Like the stupid things where we have corn in like everything. Yes. And people don't like associate corn syrup with like corn. They're like, oh, it's sugar. Yes, made from corn. We even have corn in our DNA at this point. Like it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, Monsanto's done a really good job of cornifying the world.
1: They really have.
0: So I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. We are coming up on 40 minutes, and I don't want to wander too far past an hour with you because I know your time is valuable, as is mine, and I want to focus you on this messaging and this conversation because we're having a great conversation, and I know that um, my current listenership is going to uh, – they don't, most of them don't know who you are. They don't. They probably haven't seen your art. They, I mean, I've shared a couple of pieces in my story, so that some of them have seen that. But uh, I'm going to push them to you at Happy Impulse on Instagram. And where else can you be found? Where else should people look for you if they're not an Instagrammer?
1: If they're not an Instagrammer, I am working on a newsletter, so hopefully that's going to be happening shortly.
0: HappyImpulse.com.
1: They can find me on happyimpulse.com. I'm also on the Facebook, but it's Happy Impulse Creative. And I am on Dribbble, Pinterest, like <laughs> too much social media for one Twi- to digest. Twitter.
0: I am TikTok. on Twitter. Are you on Twitch? Are you streaming live on Twitch? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I probably should. I probably should get a Twitch. I don't have one yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should. People will just be like, oh, she's, is that her fourth soda today? <laughs>
0: she has a problem. Yes. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> so that's where to find you. And you make this amazing art. I, I saw a piece come out today, I think, on your Instagram. It was an ashtray.
1: It was.
0: And it's pink and gray. I saw you You said something about the vintage colors. and
1: it Tell is. us a little bit
0: about that. What, it, what What's this piece that came out today or last night, whatever it is?
1: So, this piece is, it actually, instead of cigarettes, I actually have pencils in the ashtray. And I've done this illustration before, but what's always interesting is, sometimes when you're looking at art, you can change the mood based off colors. Normally it's green and yellow and pink and it's a little bit brighter, but when that vintage style, you have that flash, To like the salmon pink, um, a little bit old school. It just gives you a whole different feeling when you're looking at it. And sometimes in art you want to provoke that. In this case, this is just me experimenting and having fun, enjoying colors. But I mean, hey, why not? If you want me to go for the total deep side of things, the total deep side is that as creatives we're addicted to the craft just as the same way smokers are addicted to smoking. We are addicted to the whole process, even if we get upset and angry, and when we're happy, we're going to be creating all of the time. Even in our sleep, we're thinking about new projects, new ways to do something, or at least I do. I'm going to hope that most people who are creatives do, and even people who don't say they're creatives, you're all creatives. Just deal with it.
0: Thank you for saying that. Uh, and let me just reiterate that to, for, for those in the back. Everyone's creative. Creative is solving problems, and every single human being on the planet solves problems. So everyone has to be creative every day. Well,
1: what happens is that with anything, it seems that... When you're at the top tier, people are elitist, it seems, because they're like, oh, well, we know all of these tools, we know all of these applications, and we've been studying this for, like, 20 years, and yada, yada, yada. But everyone is an artist. Everyone's a designer at the core because your parents gave you crayons when you were younger, hopefully, or you painted the walls or you did those things. Yes. But I know a lot of people who are in finance who they call, they do creative budgeting and they see these magic with numbers that yes, completely horrify me. But That's creative, like that's a whole world and they're trying to figure out solutions to make their lives easier and make the people around them enjoy spreadsheets and numbers and highlighting and things that I don't enjoy, but they find these creative solutions in there.
0: So you're tying this into, there's sort of this negative dark side to creativity and solving problems where we get addicted to it.
1: Yes. Sorry, I say yes like that because any addiction is kind of a problem and the world we live in, there should be more balance. We were raised off this understanding of balance. Everything's changed now because of Instagram. We've been taught everything is digital. We're slowly getting back to it. We're slowly seeing that move back to things that are handmade that just feels more traditional or even with the new machines that I was mentioning, they are still kind of handmade even though you're using new technology. So it's just a crossover. But... Creativity, while it's wonderful and I love it, you should also be enjoying food and eating and movies and the sun on your face and enjoying things that don't have anything to do with your work or your passion. There's other things out there that you don't always have to be thinking about, oh, I need to make this, I need to make this. Yes, I do have that mindset myself of create or die for the most part, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy a burger that's so delicious, that has nothing to do with my art at that moment. It's about enjoying those little things separate from, at least a little bit separate from my creative mindset or my goals and problem solving. It's about enjoying those little moments of riding in the car, singing out loud, screaming at the top of my lungs my favorite song, dancing in my chair for the heck of it. I'm not going to be a gold star dancer and like gold star chair dancing winner, but it brings me joy.
0: Now I'm, I'm first of all, that's why I enjoy your company already. As little as we know each other, we've never met face to face. You take things to such a great deep level and not only deep, but like well-rounded. It's like you think of many, many different aspects and manifold pieces of whatever you're looking at and you leave that story open for others to tell. And it's, it's just really great that you put so much into that.
1: Right, and it's completely possible someone looks at it and someone doesn't even notice that there's a pencil there. And they're like, oh, smoking. Okay, vintage, okay, whatever. I'm fully against cigarettes because of, yes, they try to kill us. So do most things in life, so why not?
0: Were you a smoker at one point? No. Oh, okay, okay. So you don't have, like, a direct connection other than you you see them in your life and you hate them?
1: No, I do have a direct connection. Um,
0: Oh, somebody was a smoker in your life? Yes. Okay.
1: In my past, I've dated smokers, but I've also grew up around smokers. It wasn't my parents. My parents luckily gave up smoking before I was born, but they were... My neighbors smoked, and a lot of the people where I'm from because I was from the middle of nowhere and smoking was more, I guess, standard where I grew up. Like, it just seemed kind of normal that people would in their day, they'd have a cigarette in their house and things like that. But I've seen people deteriorate who are smokers. I've seen people who were young and they started smoking and that the color just fades from them. And their complete overall tone changes from these these things that they love. And I see that their teeth just completely changing and that their health is going from it. But these are people who really aggressively smoke. And then I see people, like, even when in high school, where everyone's like, oh, well, I mean, I just turned 18. I should get a pack. I should at least, like, try it. Because before I couldn't have it, but now I'm gonna be a cool kid because the media made it out to be so cool and for a long time like I cannot blame like my parents generation and she's in her seventies because they weren't they were taught that these weren't bad for you. They had scientific evidence that, oh, these are actually good for your health. You need to be doing this, it's good for you. Right. And so they all did it maybe not all of them but a large majority of them did it but it's because they weren't told the whole story and there wasn't enough evidence and now of course we have people who who are vaping in this whole different light and they're vaping in this way where we're terrified because we don't know what's going to happen and we have found out there's a lot of lung issues at the same time who am I to judge like I can say like, hey, there's a lot of shit that's bad for you. But like I mentioned earlier, I drink soda that's completely horrible for me. I am I think that I'm going to get diabetes or all of these things, which is completely possible. But I still enjoy the soda. <laughs> so I have to come at it with the understanding of I can tell you it's bad for you. I'm not going to be an asshole about it because I have addictions and I have issues and I have problems. I'm coming at you with, hey, if you smoke, it's going to influence... Your animals are secondhand smoking, the pets that you love so much. So it's not just you consuming this thing. It's the five closest people around you are also consuming it with you. So don't think of yourself with that. And I think that's my bigger thing with smoking because with smoking, it's like the five closest people around you. But with when I'm intaking soda, it's my partner's not going to be intaking soda because I am.
0: No, but she will have to deal with your health issues or possible health issues and or bills and or uh, caring for you, possibly. Which is
1: 100% correct. And Andy I don't want to
0: make you, I, we don't need to go down that road where we're like tearing at ourselves. But what I see here and, and what I appreciate about you and it has it brings me a question. Do you practice some sort of spirituality or mindfulness Buddhism or something because a lot of the way that you talk really reminds me of some of my mindfulness uh, instruction
1: So what's kind of interesting with that I grew up in a very um, Christian household
0: Do you still retain any of that or have you shed all of that? (laughs) Is that a complicated answer for a complicated question?
1: It's both so the answer is this i think i kept some of the mindset that i liked and threw away all of the trash a lot of the trash and the mindset that i came away with was this um i asked my friend why do you believe in god who has done all these like horrible things and she said here's the thing for me at least at the end of the day if i find out he doesn't exist I can at least say I was still a good person. I didn't murder anyone. I tried to do my best. I tried to help other people. Yes, I had my pitfalls. I had issues, but I wasn't going around hurting anyone. And I was trying to keep kindness at the heart of everything I do. Now, there's some people I know who are Christians who are absolutely 100% wonderful. There's also people on the opposite end of things, So I cannot condone any of it. It's not my place to say. But what I can tell you from a spiritual standpoint of view is that I'm in the mindset that heaven and hell is in your head. A little bit of the mindset that what you do in your life, if you believe that you can sleep well, if you've done good, then it's peaceful. But if you've done all these bad things, Things where even if they're not bad to most people but they feel bad to your soul to your conscious it will haunt you and growing up in an environment where you are focused about all these spirituality spiritual things I came to the point where I learned that maybe I can look at things differently and that will help me as an individual so whenever I get upset I try to, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I fuss and I yell and I whine and I'm working on that. Other times I will say, I need to have a moment, I need to calm down. Whoever I'm talking with, they didn't mean it the way that I'm intending it. It's not a big deal at the end of the day. I have a limited number of days. Do I really want to be upset over these small Details, or could I look at life and say, Wow, yes, the world is burning, but it's such a beautiful day today. Maybe I can enjoy it. Maybe I need to just calm down because I understand I need to get my anger out. But if I just breathe a little bit more and say, One, two, three, four, five. Does the situation look the same now? A few seconds, just waiting it out a little bit as it did when I wanted to just fight and scream. Can I just be at peace with myself with that? And I've discovered that I can be, that I can see my dog barking and wanna yell and be like, hey, stop it. Or I can look at my dog and say, wait a second, he's afraid. So I tell him, hey, it's okay, bud, it's all right. I know you're barking. It's not a big deal. Why don't you come here? Do you want kisses? Do you want love? Like, what can I do to ease your soul?
0: And, and how did you come by this very robust grasp of this mindfulness sort of and even I, I've since I hear a therapist in there <laughs> or many therapists and I hear like some somebody like maybe a Buddhist teacher or something like somebody knows mindfulness and how to like let things be like you have this sense of the best meditative uh, uh, retreats or, or times when I've been in group meditation led by someone it reminds me of the way you speak. Like people think that meditation is like escaping or emptying yourself and having no thoughts and being at peace. And I have found in my practice that meditation is completely the opposite of that. It's perceiving and and seeing the chaos but letting it go and letting it be and just let and not attaching to what we perceive as what we want that possibilities or the outcomes to be but to just to, to accept that's the th- best way I, that I can describe the experience and you talk like that
1: well I definitely have had a lot of therapy I think everyone should have therapy because it's a way that you can understand yourself through someone else's perspective through their training and I think one of the things that I did learn in therapy that I'm always going to carry with me is that therapy isn't going to solve everything that's going on in your life. It's not a new replacement of everything. You're not going to become new and shiny all of a sudden. What it is going to do, though, it's going to tell you that I'm sorry that all the bad shit happened to you, but that's okay. It's okay that all this bad shit happened to you. You have to realize you're going to carry it for the rest of your life. You're going to carry the bad shit with you, but you can make good come out of the bad, that you have the choice whether you want to be angry about it for the rest of your life, you wanna be in a ball for the rest of your life in a hole in the ground where you're very depressed, which I do have depression, most people do, and anxiety the world nowadays. We also have the chance that when we do finally get out of those moments, those episodes, that we look back and say, I realized I needed to have this moment. I needed to experience it because it made the person I am and I love the person I am. And that takes a lot of therapy saying, hey, you've done a lot of shit. You've been through a lot of shit. You're sometimes bad. You're sometimes good, but that's okay. And even when it's not okay, well, if you hold on a little bit longer, maybe it will be.
0: I love that you always come back to that hope and that sense of that, In our conversation last week, we unearthed a lot of the reasons why, and we don't have time to get into that, but the reasons why you've gone through therapy. And and I had a similar sort of experience with uh, abuse and and different things that went on in my life. And it's encouraging to hear you speak about that. And it's also encouraging to see you put this these uh, mindful thoughts into your art for all to see. Speaking of hope, I hope that you also will be joining me in this podcasting community and sharing your thoughts regularly on all these subjects with experts. And I'm recording that on the podcast so that you can listen to it in the podcast and be stirred up by the fact that there is a record out there that you did want to do it how about that
1: so in the note to this it feels more and more that it's a contradiction if I don't do it and it's a contradiction if I do do it so either way I'm going to have to do it just to satisfy something in my soul and if it's successful great if it bombs great at least I tried it I can at least say I've experienced this
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I think you know you have to put out one season and I hope that all the people listening go and follow you and go check out all of your various pieces of art and all of the stuff that you have yet to put out um, that's going to be coming this episode is going to be released in the first couple weeks of the new year so right now when people are listening to it it's January 2021 isn't that incredible we're in the future right now that's the beauty of, of audio is like you could, you're, we're in the future where people are listening in the future and our voice is happening. Isn't that crazy? <laughs>
1: it's definitely a mind trip.
0: Yeah. To wrap this up, I am just remembering how I was introduced to you and how this happened, which is perfect. The reason this came up is I hopped on Instagram, I think last night, And I saw one of my favorite designers that I follow made by James, who is clearly like a super fan of yours.
1: James Martin is a wonderful, wonderful individual. I adore him so much.
0: Is he not the best human? Like, I've never met him. We've had a couple of comments back and forth here and there on some posts. Watching him speak on his stories and seeing his uh, vulnerable posts where he talks about how hard things are and how he started. And uh, he's just such a, uh, uh, what is it? He's so cuddly. I want to snuggle that guy.
1: He's one of the percent who are fighting that fight of I've survived. I overcame and I want to touch people's lives in a way that they know they can survive too and that they can come from rough spots and make it happen. And he's showing that it is possible. And he has such a joyous spirit about it. And I love so much about him. him oh, and his, I, smile, his
0: smile and the way he talks is like, can you just hang out in my living room and be like this all the time?
1: I feel so, so sometimes him and I have calls and I absolutely love that he hangs out with me a little bit and I feel so bad because I think I'm, I'm rambling jealous. for like three hours because I'm like, you are such amazing. Like, I just want to be near your space because you inspire me and you make me happy and that's just a wonderful person. <sighs> He's amazing.
0: He is amazing. This is part of the design community that I feel a part of. Uh, Made by James, Stay Gray Ponyboy, Aaron Draplin, Andrew Fairclough, and True True Grit Texture Supply. And um, there's a whole host of others that I, that I love that are, I, I feel like they're leading the fight. They're doing the things that I love to do. And it's so cool to see that. And, and then... To see Made by James share your art, and then I saw it, and I was like, whoa, what is that? And then I came and checked you out and saw your art. And I don't remember exactly, how, like I sent you a DM or you did, or I, I liked a million of your photos, I know that, or uh, of your pieces. I think somehow we connected through that. But thank you, Made by James, because uh, he, he was the one that made this connection, and he was the reason that this even ever happened in the first place.
1: See, look at that. It's all about connections and the way the world works sometimes.
0: And he has and, no idea, but maybe now he does.
1: I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably harass him and let him know. Also, great pony boy Matt.
0: Matt, he's, that's right, that's his name.
1: He's behind CropCon, and he is also an amazing person too. I just love him.
0: Him and I. All eight. those guys.
1: Just uh, people are great.
0: Our, our community, I have to say that our little graphic designer corner of the world on Instagram, it's a beautiful place, and I really love it. And I'm glad to have met you, and I'm so glad that it worked out this way and that I was able to have you on the show. You are an incredibly robust and beautiful human being with a very deep story and amazing art. I hope that every single person I know goes and follows you and continues to see the messaging that you're putting out there and that they also are inspired to be a little more mindful and uh, creative.
1: That is such a wonderful compliment and I'm humbled by it. I don't even, I don't think there are words that I can say as a, that, thank you. Thank you. Those are words I can say. They don't cover it all, but thank you.
0: Well, you know the definition of humility.
1: I should, but I don't know it off the top of my head.
0: It's accepting things as they really are. It's not what people think it is. When people say, oh, you're so humble, they generally mean like this sort of like, oh, I'm just this quiet, demure, little modest person. No. That's not actually what humble means. Humble, true humility is accepting the truth as it is. So if you are the strongest, most badass fighter in the world, then when you talk about fighting, you say, I'll kill any motherfucker that even comes my way. That's true humility. Which is, in, which is <laughs> interesting because we don't look at it that way. And it's something that I try to share that if you are skilled or you are beautiful or you have some, everybody has special things, okay? Find your special thing and brag about it because that is the humility that we need. And so I like complimenting people because I like seeing people's superpowers and I like being able to highlight it for them because I think that every person should be more confident in their superpowers and bring that to the table with more true humility and knowing that, you know, just like I said to you, you're a badass, deep human being. You have a lot to offer. You're very inspiring. Your art is a contribution. I'm very thankful to have met you. And I hope that these few conversations we've had already are just a foreshadowing of a magnitude of amazing shit to come. And thank you so much for being giving me your time and hounding me and letting me be late to even recording this uh, and and your patience and, and for even engaging with this, because most people would have just been like, who the hell is this guy? I don't even know.
1: I think what's interesting even about that, I think everyone is someone. I think we all learn from each other. I think it's such an honor just to be on here and that we are having this conversation And we don't know the ripple effects that will happen. We don't know that maybe this is saved in the archives in the world, and maybe it doesn't influence anyone now, but maybe it'll help someone in, like, 10 or 15 years. Who knows? A lot can happen, and never just push past anyone like pfft, you're an amazing human being like and I think you already know that and you already know I'm very jealous of your airstream and there's other conversations that we can probably have hopefully not recorded but I'm sure that this is just the beginning of a very very beautiful friendship where I harass you on Instagram
0: oh god you can please you cannot harass me enough and I, I really appreciate that uh just as you I try my best And I, again, thanks for being on. This is rad. Like you said, it's been an honor, and and this is incredible. And what you did say is that people's lives will be changed in the future. And guess what? I already have 40 loyal fans who are listening to every single episode download every single thing I put out, okay? And I, I don't care about numbers. I know those 40 people are rabid for everything I do. So trust me, this podcast is going out and those people plus more because by the time this comes out in a month I will already have released two more episodes and those episodes are fire and so there's going to be even more people so we're going to touch people already and then in the future so yes you're right yes and both to those and with that I'm going to wrap it up thank you so much for coming on and I look forward to the next
1: thank you so much and thank you for having
0: me 100% go follow at happy impulse Roberta Hall, have a wonderful day. Thank you for chasing me down. Uh, I have an hour before before 4.20 and I'm going to smoke a bunch of weed today and I have some design work (laughs) to get done before that happens. (laughs) Thanks. Peace.